welcome. I'm thrilled you found me here on the Just Bloody Post-It podcast. I'm Helen Perry and for a living I help people with their Instagram, which actually more often means helping them to step out of their comfort zone, to show up, to put themselves out there which always goes fine, by the way. There's no need to overthink it because, oh my goodness, how we tend to worry and want all the answers before we start. I found that you don't learn until you start doing. And that's what this podcast is all about, the doing of things. So to my guest this week, she's a doer, one of the hardest working business owners and marketers on Instagram. If you want to promote your business, it's very simple. You're going to have to try and step out of your comfort zone and talk to your customers. It's highly beneficial. If I suddenly just stopped talking tomorrow and just purely show pictures of teapots and waves crashing, it wouldn't be as engaging. Karina Rickards owns the iconic stripey ceramics company Cornishware. If you follow me on Instagram, that is where I get my stripey mugs from. Since she and her husband bought Cornishware, Karina has grown the most loyal community of stripey followers on her account, Cornishware Artist. It's helped her double her sales in a year by the way. A little word about the sound this week. We were the victims of Cornish Wi-Fi during the recording, but Suze, the producers, worked some wonders. Turn it up a little bit. Stick with us. It is so worth the listen. Karina and I talk about the reality of making Insta work as a business owner. She'll tell you the truth about how much time she spends on the platform. And I think you'll love the story about how her knack for marketing was born as a child when she had to help sell her grandfather's paintings. Hello, Karina. Hello, Helen. How are you? I'm so well. It is a delight to have you as a guest on the first series of Just Bloody Post It. Who else would I ask? You're one of my favourite Instagrammers. (laughs) Oh, thank you so much. What an honour. Wow, I love the intro. Listen, Karina, your company is in Cornwall. Your Instagram account is about Cornwall, but anybody listening to this podcast will realise that that's probably not where you hail from. How did you come to own Cornishware? Well, I, as you can tell from my accent, although I do sound, I try my very hardest to sound very British, but I'm not. I'm half English and half French, uh, born in France. Uh, I married an Englishman because I, I, I was just after something a bit more exotic across the channel, so I ended up marrying an Englishman, uh, and it's wonderful. And we've been together for 30 years. I've got five children. My husband is uh, an entrepreneur, entrepreneur, I should say. Uh, he buys and sells businesses, mostly to do with removals. So this has nothing to do with removals. Cornishware is totally different. And we heard that the business uh, went under, sadly, and we uh, decided like that. We didn't think about it too much at all. We just decided to to buy it and rescue this heritage brand. So you decided to rescue Cornishware. I think it's one of those uh, brands that we wouldn't necessarily know the name of Cornishware. But if somebody showed you a Cornishware product, you go, oh, those. Can you describe what you make and sell at Cornishware? Cornishware is, is something which 
seems to be ingrained in us and it seems to have just weave its way through our childhoods and our lives. And you're right by saying that we don't always automatically uh, match Cornish wear to the stripy mug. But then, of course, the minute you see the mug or a teapot, you know exactly what it is. You know, most people say, oh, yes, of course, I know. I remember seeing it hanging in my you know, my grandmother's dresser and her kitchen and so on. So we, um, Cornish wear is nearly 100 years old. Some of the pieces, some of the designs a hundred years old. Some of them actually are just um, about to be a hundred years old. We are celebrating in about five years' time, which is very exciting. So you bought a ceramics company. Is there any link between with you and, and ceramics, Karina, or were you just are you just the kind of couple that think, right? Yeah, we're we're going to do this. We're going to go into ceramics. Well, my husband had a link with ceramics in the past. He. Uh, had oh, a few years ago was uh, importing French ceramics from France to the uh, to the trade uh, to restaurants and so on in uh, in England. So we had we had a link already, and um, he always loved pottery. So as a little boy, he loved joining the uh, pottery classes, and uh, I've still got um, his little jugs and uh, and pots here uh, at home. So I think he has gone back to his true calling. Oh, they often say that you should look to what you enjoyed in childhood to inform your career as an adult, like the kind of play that you liked and that kind of thing. So that's really interesting. It's very true. So uh, Charles really enjoyed doing pottery and I had a little pottery kit uh, with plaster of Paris and we had had little moulds and I used to make little tea uh, tea parties with my teddy bears and that's how I spent uh, most of my childhood doing. <laughs> oh well there you go you're rediscovering your youth. Karina let's talk about your role now. You pretty much appear to do Instagram for Cornish wear. That's is that almost your whole job now? Yes well it's it started uh, just under Five years ago, we have two accounts. We have Cornishware and Cornishware Artist, which was quite new at the time. Most companies just have one. Um, but I really, really felt I, I just wanted to add another dimension to Cornishware and, and have one which was lifestyle, very kind of, um, very, uh, kind of you know, everyday behind the scenes. I just wanted to share how a Cornishware was made. It's such a beautiful process. Um, that I thought this was too good to be true. So uh, both our accounts are very popular. So one is static, it's beautiful, doesn't move. Uh, not so much chatting, and I'm I'm the chatting one. I'm the one with all the pottery dust and the stains and the paint stains everywhere and the chats and the Cornwall and, and the beach. Um, and there's a lot of chatter, there's a lot of chatter going on. Uh, I am a little bit, I've, I've said that to you before, but I... Um, I'm basically the the shopkeeper, the person you you walk in in the shop, you look at the beautiful window, which is Cornish ware, you walk in, the little bell goes ding ding at the door, and I'm there with my with my pinion covered in in paint stains, having a chat with you. It just, I think, shows a beautiful understanding of how a business can use Instagram so well. And that is to tell the story of the business. You opening up Cornishware Artist and showing people everything 
everything and nothing's really off limits behind the scenes of the business is just so fascinating. And people can often worry that that's going to be the boring stuff, but it's it's really not, is it? No, no, no. Don't be afraid to show all aspects of your business on Instagram. The more you share, the more you you get your followers to engage. You know, packing, for example, I've been spending um, a couple of days in the warehouse this week packing away and using a, a, a tape gun and a bit of cardboard and adding some uh, kind of heavy metal music in the background, carrying boxes, all this is part of a business. You know, if I just showed a beautiful tea set every day, all day, as beautiful as it can be, it will start being maybe a bit dull. Same with the beach and the waves crashing every day. Lovely, but it gets a bit boring. We all need to be constantly amused or or, or, or we all love to learn. Or, you know, let's, let's, let's keep it all vibrant and, uh, and, and it's life. You know, no two days are the, are the same here at Cornish Fair and I really wanted to show that. How did you know that Insta was the right platform for you? Had you uh, uh, were you using Instagram anyway, or how did you decide? Oh, do you know what I'm going to commit not just to the creation of content for one account, but for two Instagram accounts because I think this is a good move for my business. Well, I thought about YouTube, which is something I still want to do. Actually, I want to start doing this, but that's quite a different uh, vibe good too but different I'm not saying you shouldn't I definitely want to do this but I I'm very relaxed in front of the camera well so I just thought well let, let's uh, let's keep it really raw really every day and I think Instagram is free as well free platform another bonus um, and I can just uh, do it from my camera I just walk around with my phone in my back pocket and when I see something interesting, or or even sometimes not so interesting, you know, uh, with a pile of a pile of plates, which I think is not interesting, but actually it's actually really beautiful to look at uh, a pack of uh, a pile of Cornish fair plates. I just whip out my phone, and it's instant. Um, uh, yes, there are other channels I am exploring. Instagram is my best one at the moment. It's the one that is the most helpful. It's forever changing. Who knows what's around the corner? I'm sure there's going to be something else, but. Instagram has been absolutely fantastic for our business. We have um, double in sales uh, this past year. Um, people have had a lot more time on their phones, sadly, due to the pandemic. But this has also meant that uh, I've really uh, spent a lot more time on, on Instagram and it's been, it's been uh, time very well spent. Mm, I think you could offer people an insight into what it means to really wholeheartedly commit to your Instagram. Talk us through your day on Instagram. For this to work, I think there's no secret you're going to have to put the hours, and I'm, and I really do mean hours, not minutes a day. So I get up, uh, wake up at about six o'clock and have a cup of tea in bed and I start working on my Instagram at about quarter past six until about quarter to eight uh, where I rush and have a shower and uh, <laughs> tell my daughter to get ready for school in the car at ten past eight come back at half past eight and I carry on working from half past eight till about ten thirty and then I work in the pottery and then you know from about half past five there you go. I'm back on it until about 10, 10.30, 10 o'clock. I'll try, try and stop at 10 and have half an hour 
uh, I read a book and switch off, which is very important. Yeah, minimum, it's about minimum five hours a day. Five hours, minimum. It's between five and seven hours a day, plus, plus pottery work. Uh, Karina, I think you're one of the only people I've ever heard be so honest about their uh, and, and open about their the time commitment they are uh, are making to their Instagram or whatever platform it is that they're using. And I know that when I've inter- interviewed you before for Instagram Live, and you've been one of the most popular guests I've ever had on my my live channel on my Instagram, people message me and go, "Ask Karina, does she really does she really do all this stuff herself? All of the stories that you share, all of the videos, everything. Do you have anybody to help you with it? No, no, no. It's all me. I, I do everything. So I take all the photos. I take a film everything. In fact, most of it is, is selfies. I've got tripod. I don't like to ask people, oh, can you take a photo? Can you film? I don't do that anymore. At the very, very beginning, I used to ask my daughters, bribing them with sweets or whatever. But those days are, are, are long gone now. And I just like to do it all by myself. You know, I don't want this to be a, to be a bit of a pain for my family because it's, it's work. I just do my work, get my tripod out, and that's and then I switch off. And do you know other things? Yeah, it's all me. So I um, listen to a lot of music and I write things down. I walk around with a notebook. If I like a music, I will shazam it. I think that will be perfect for a particular type of story. I've got various um, playlists. I've got a warehouse playlist and a pottery playlist and a uh, you know kind of chill or uh, sales to get everybody really going. You know, so um, it's constantly in my mind and the more you think about it the more creative you get and the more ideas suddenly just pop mm, I really agree that the more you create the more you create and actually one of my favorite quotes is a Picasso quote and he said uh inspiration exists but it must find you working so once you start to work on this stuff the ideas about what you could do with it and the potential there is just grows and grows and grows. I was really interested to hear you saying, oh, YouTube and maybe podcasts and your mind is open to all of this stuff, I think. Yes, I'm, 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 uh, I'm buzzing with ideas and I'm sure you're the same, Helen. Absolutely buzzing all the time. It's, it's trying to be different, stepping out, uh, uh, being noticed. You know, I want people to stop it. It's all about getting people to stop in their tracks on Instagram. We're all there swiping away. I want them to stop. What is going to make them stop and engage? So you've got to step out. You've got to do something a little bit different or show something utterly beautiful that's so mesmerizing that they're going to stop in their tracks. And and I'm forever thinking of ideas. And and I love it. And that's the thing. You you need to love it. Fall in love with Instagram. There's a lot of um, negativity. And recently I've just done a a giveaway and we've had some terrible problems with scammers and things never mind let's park it on one side and actually there's a lot of positivity with Instagram so let's just think about the positives it's obvious to anybody listening to this conversation or who follows you on Instagram that you have a real natural sense for marketing Karina is that just something that's in you or is there a is there something in your background that uh, that has helped you turn your hand to social marketing so proficiently so thank you very much Helen so I got a feeling it's the way I've been brought up I come from a family of artists my grandfather is uh, was rather he, he's, uh, he's he's gone a, um, a long time ago now sadly but 
he was an impressionist and used to host these lavish uh, exhibitions um, in the south of France and uh, near Paris, where they used to live. And as a little girl, I was, what, maybe seven, eight, I was told by my um, uh, rather strict grandmother to go and serve champagne and um, canapes to all the all the you know the, the clients that turned up to see his beautiful paintings. And my grandmother would often say, "You are only allowed one little you know kind of um, canapé uh, if you say something you know something interesting about your grandfather's paintings. You have to say something interesting." And then you're allowed to have a little nibble or whatever she was serving at the time. Um, and then when you're seven and you're starving and you're holding the tray and you're walking around. and you, So the first person, um, I would say something like, oh, I remember my grandfather painting this particular painting um, uh, because he loves sunflowers. And he had this thing about painting sunflowers and um, because he used to grow them in his back garden. And then I could see my grandfather would wink at me, so I was allowed to to go and, and eat the little sausage, cocktail sausage or whatever she was serving at the time. So it started at the age of seven, carried on, and I helped them. And I could see my grandfather lying down in this kind of chaise long, this kind of day bed. With his, he was very eccentric, my grandfather, with his long hair and his headband. That's maybe where I got my headband idea from. I always wear headbands. And he would just lie down and tell everybody, about each painting and the story behind each painting. And inevitably, it would be a sellout. Oh, Karina, what a story. What an experience. Who was your, what was your grandfather's name? His uh, name was Maurice, uh, Maurice, Maurice Legrand, Legrand. So Legrand is my uh, maiden name, L-E-G-R-E-N-D. Um, he sadly, he was friends, can you believe, with Dali. So Dali and him were, were besties. Uh, Dali told my uh, grandfather one day, come with me to Paris and seek fortune. And my grandfather said, oh, I'm all right, actually. I'm going to stay in the south of France. Uh, I've got my two boys and my wife. You go, you go. I'll stay here. And then the rest is history. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but it's kind of comforting to know that the early Impressionists were marketers themselves. I mean, selling is something that's as old as being a human being, I imagine. And your grandmother knew that in order to shift that artwork, uh, it would help to have somebody telling a story about it. It's all storytelling, isn't it? It's, yes, it is. And, and I use this technique every day. So my grandmother, she was uh, very much in charge of, uh, of the, all the accounts, the money side of things. My grandfather was purely creative and he loved being surrounded with people and he loved you know, And I'm, I think I haven't got, sadly, my grandmother's uh, gift with, with, with numbers. So my husband is very good at doing all this. So he's in charge of um of all that kind of side of logistics and finance and all this. And I am much more like my grandfather at just sitting around and talking and enjoying being with people and sharing the story. I love all that. Ah, I think you might have some of your grandmother's business sense mixed in there, Karina, for sure. Um, (laughs) You also mentioned that you feel comfortable in front of the camera talk to me about that because I am trying to advise people all the time put yourself out there on stories put yourself out there put your face 
into your account. This is something that you have always felt comfortable with. What do you put that down to? I think maybe my age, maybe being now a middle age means that you're not you're a bit more confident I think maybe you know um you get to an age where you think oh well I'm just going to be me so maybe that's it or the thing is that well I look at my phone and I just pretend I'm having a cup of tea with a best friend we're just sitting at my kitchen table having a bit of a natter so uh that's also uh that's also helped me at the very beginning I used to imagine just just one person and then just see your phone as just a little just an object so you know imagine you're talking to a jug or to a, a vase or something just just ignore just ignore the camera side of things that's banish that thought just imagine you're talking to a little little box or a friend or you know whatever helps you but it is so helpful to your account I think I mean Cornishware artist would be nothing without you being front and center of it would it you know that if you want to promote your business, it's very simple. You you know have to try and step out of your comfort zone and talk to your customers. I think that it's highly beneficial. It's it's yes. If I suddenly just stopped talking tomorrow and just purely show pictures of teapots and waves crashing, it wouldn't be as engaging. Also, coming back to your shopkeeper point. You wouldn't dive under the counter if somebody walked through the front door of your shop and think, don't look at me. I can't, you know, I'm just, don't look at me. It's too embarrassing. You would talk to them. You would tell them about what you've got for sale and you would try and persuade them to buy it. Absolutely. So what I also do, so after my whole, um, my childhood uh, surrounded with paintings and art and so on, my father uh, decided to build a boat and we sailed across the oceans and we made a living from inviting guests on board. So they would come over and spend a week, sometimes 10 days, sometimes it was just one day. And we used to work in the Mediterranean and in the Caribbean. Um, and that, of course, was marketing in itself. So we had to make sure, A, that they were happy. Uh, they always, always wanted to have a chat and, and looking after them. Uh, and then we had to sell the holiday as well, you know. So I used to go to the local bars and restaurants and and uh, go around and um, and and tell them all what a beautiful day on the boat they were going to have if they if they bought this this ticket with with us. So um, so it was hard. It was work. You know, we had to. It was a living. We had to bring the money. Yeah. It's sometimes you are put in this position that you haven't got a choice, and I think that helped me an awful lot. So the that. The, the, the way I've been brought up, my background has really um, helped me. And and if you don't try, you'll never know. You've, you've just got to give it a go. And you'll see nine times of ten, if you start talking to the camera, um, people will will send you DMs and say, oh, wow, you were great, well done. You know, you, you'll see. Just try, give it a go. But like you say, the shopkeeper, very important. You don't want to be too pushy, you know. So just think of your experience walking to a shop. We don't like having somebody coming right, right there and saying, you know, uh, oh, look at this dress or look at this top. You just feel like saying, oh, leave me alone for a minute. But you wouldn't mind this shopkeeper coming out saying, oh, have you had a nice weekend? Or, you know, what are you up to? Or how's, how's your little um, Ben? Has he still got chicken pox or whatever? You know, start 
the conversation, not necessarily always with your product. Yeah, it's about, you need to make it about the person who's going to be owning it and taking it home and figure out what it is about what you do that is going to make those people feel like they want to own it and bring it into their home. How do you go about that? Is it all about Cornwall for you in terms of what you're trying to make people feel around the product? Not necessarily. It's a bit of everything. You know, uh, uh, we have so many facets of our business. I could talk about Cornwall. So when somebody buys a mug, they, uh, they, they escape to Cornwall. But equally, it could be a beautiful piece of design. So I've got many, 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 many fingers and many pies here. I can play around. So I've got the design, I've got Cornwall, I've got the love of heritage, I've got um, the beauty of, of handcraft. I can play around. But most importantly, you want people to buy a teapot or a mug or a plate, go home and tell their friends uh, about your story. So they are basically little mini PR machines working for you. Mm, yeah, it goes on. It goes on beyond the point of sale, doesn't it? It's so important. They become the real advocates for your your company. And I know that I've bought your mugs, Karina. And now I then, because I don't maybe don't need any more mugs, I'm buying them for my family and friends. They're great gifts and presents. And you do become, like you say, a little ambassador for your business. And that is how actually that's how growth happens on a platform like Instagram as well. It, really powerful growth comes from other people telling their friends that you're great or that you they should follow you and they should buy into what you do. They are absolutely prime to your business. They are very precious and that's why it's very important to, to reply to their DMs, make them feel part of your circle of friends. They are very powerful little mini, mini little PR machines. Look after your customers. Something that you've mentioned to me in the past, Karina, that has been ringing around in my head a little bit recently is that you actually don't consume a lot of other people's content on Instagram because you spend so much time making it yourself. You don't really follow or keep in touch with an awful lot of uh, other content. And that it goes against, I think, a lot of what people are told about how they should do Instagram well, you know, spend a lot of time engaging, et cetera, et cetera. But you have found that actually investing all your time in creating great content and nurturing relationships on your own account has been enough for it to fly. Yes, absolutely. I spend so much time. It's work for me. So I, I switch on and then I switch off. I do my thing and then I switch off and then I've got, you know, my family and everything to look after. So I don't have time to to follow other accounts. I, uh, I, I very rarely swipe and look around. I very rarely uh, write comments on other people's uh, accounts. I think I've, I actively chat and follow maybe half a dozen accounts and you're one of them. <laughs> Otherwise, I really don't, I, I don't have the, the need um, and equally, another reason why is that I uh, am very keen to remain totally unique in the way that I just don't want to copy anybody else out there. So if I don't follow anybody, I won't copy their look, their ideas, their whatever. So I just want to be me. And um, some of my followers have, are friends, so I chat uh, privately to them, but not publicly. Uh, I just, yeah, I don't have the time. 
I'm super honoured to be on that that short list of people that you do engage with, Karina. But I think that is, I just think it's a brilliant, <laughs> I think it's a brilliant attitude to be like, do you know what? I don't need to look at what other people are doing. I know myself. I know my business. I know what I need to do to help other people connect with what we do. And I'm just going to stay in my lane and do what I need to do. Um, I think, I hope that somebody listening will find that really liberating and freeing and allow them to get on with doing their own thing really confidently. Be you. If, if, we, if we were to, to, to end this podcast, I would end it by saying, don't be afraid to be you, be you, uh, uh, post what you love, talk about what you love. Uh, uh, just don't be afraid to be you. Don't feel you have to copy other ways. Just just do it. And like using your fantastic tag, just bloody post it, just bloody, just be you and, and step out and you'll see you'll be rewarded. Oh, it's just, it's the perfect message. I will see you on the gram, of course, where else, Karina? Keep working hard. I can't wait to see what happens for the business. Thank you very much, Helen, and enjoy, enjoy your stripes. You know, since this recording, I've been thinking again and again about Karina's approach to not consuming too much content, especially from accounts that do exactly what we do. I think it's so helpful. Yes, she spends a lot of time on Instagram, but that time spent creating posts for her accounts and talking to her customers, not really engaging with others. I think that we can't help but be influenced by what we look at. It finds its way into our work and can rattle our confidence. So set your own boundaries, shut out the noise and focus on what you want to say. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to help others find this podcast, then the thing to do is leave a review. And if you've enjoyed it and are promoting your stuff online and would like more good tips, help and advice, then get my weekly email the switch people tell me they like it go to helenperry.co.uk or just google helen perry and you can't miss the sign up boxes i'll see you next time bye